just doesn't fit in with that person's lifestyle have we actually not looked at someone's character strengths right what they have used in the past to get them to be successful at the different aspects of their lives i find that habits just kind of sometimes flow on and it becomes an easier conversation so trish i have a confession and the confession is i haven't had a period i know tmi right away i haven't had my period since 2016 wow and we are now in 2023 i don't exactly know the reason for it but when my period stopped that was a year before a cancer and obviously after cancer happened with chemotherapy and a whole bunch of that my period never came back i was diagnosed with menopause because of chemotherapy and just to be transparent my age right now is 37. i understand that the roadblock there was i wasn't getting the information i was hoping for whenever i talked to gynecologists and my oncologist especially when i asked questions about um got a question about my period uh will it ever come back you know uh, further information other than this is what your symptoms are right now. This is what the report says. I felt frustrated before. Mm-hmm. And you were the first person who actually got the most information from about this case. And I know I'm not alone. First of all, thank you for being here and gracing <laughs> us with your service and your knowledge and your wisdom and your sharing. Take it away. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a lot. Uh, that's a lot to begin with. You know, I think first and foremost, we w- well, I, this is again my personal experience um i used to hate having my period i was like oh it's come back again why is it here it's gross it's stopped me from living life and that was in my you know my teens and my 20s and it wasn't until i lost it that i realized oh i kind of want it back i think we fail to understand first and foremost as women is that your menstrual cycle and your menstruation is actually a key indicator of your health you know for a menstruating female okay that's an indicator and of you having reproductive capability for your brain and your brain is what controls every single decision in your body it's more the you know autonomous brain the brain that sits behind what your thoughts are what your wants are Right, and it's making millions of decisions on a daily basis. You know, do I upregulate ghrelin because I'm hungry? I want, that's the hunger hormone. Do I um, start increasing progesterone to you know start building that uterine, uterus lining? There's a lot of decisions the brains make, and if the brain says I don't need in a menstruating age female, I don't need to reproduce because my environment that you know, I'm, I'm constantly uh, evaluating or reassessing, which is what your brain is doing, is not conducive for reproduction. There's war going on. There's, um, and I'm not talking like war, war, but there's so many stressors that your body's like, well, I need to preserve, right? And then it shuts down that function because it says, I don't need this right now. The brain's ultimate objective for each and every one of us is for us to survive. So it says, yeah. well, too much going on. 
I'm going to shut it down. I think chemotherapy is a different animal because, as you know, radiation, chemotherapy, it's destructive to the body. I'm not an oncologist. This is a, an area where, you know, um, I'm still yet to get into. You know, I'm completing my clinical nutrition masters. And actually, my next module is going to be disease prevention. So that's going to be really cool. I'm really looking forward to it. But um, we do know that, you know, for cancer patients post-chemotherapy, we do know that they lose their period, and, and, and that's one of unfortunate side effects of undergoing chemotherapy because cancer cells are cells that have lost it, their ability to die. That's scary. I mean, they're immortal cells, and so you kind of sum it all up, right? Uh, it's not to say that today you're unhealthy. You just have a different marker because you've gone, you've, your body has gone through a short nutshell and a small nutshell to hell and back, right? But... If um, you're 16 with no pre-existing health conditions and you're undergoing amenorrhea, uh, which was a client that I worked with last year, that's a problem. That's an indication of potential overloading of different stressors. And uh, it was a, f a young female who had spent um, her entire quarantine periods so in Hong Kong. We, we were subjected to a hotel quarantine. It's a small room unless you could afford the Mandarin Oriental. Uh, very small rooms, 21 days, you cannot leave it. Uh, for the most part, uh, many of these hotel rooms, you could not open windows, so you did not have fresh air. You would may be lucky to have some sunlight come through, but for the most part, you're dealing with maximum 200 square foot, 250 square foot of space. For a lot of them, maybe 100, 150 square foot. And, and to give you context, it's the size of a car park, which is kind of scary, or two car parks. And, and you're doing that for 21 days. And so her environment was extremely stressful. On top of that, she spent a lot of time just doing exercise. So she worked out several times a day, every day, and ended up with... Um, uh, amenorrhea for over eight months. Her brain decided, well, there's too much stress here. I'm going to shut it down. So don't discount your periods, actually. And when it comes to periods too, it's the, you know, your cycle regularity, it's um, your, uh, your PMS. So if you have really bad PMS symptoms, if you're, you know, unable to get out of bed, if you're you know, you're, you're so fatigued. Um, all these are indications that, you know, you might need to do a check-in on your health as well. It's not normal to have this. Of course, uh, there are people with, you know, um, fib fibroids, with PCOS, with endometriosis, but I think that's probably a topic for another, um, another time, right? All these conditions also are, again, uh, you know, it's, it's not necessarily normal. It's normal within that condition to feel that way, but you, of course, uh, you're looking towards optimizing that. And menstrual health is part and parcel of uh, one of indicators of optimal health. And how do you use functional medicine to uh, the approach to integrate when dealing with women's health? Periods are definitely one of it. But in general, what might you be looking for to decide where this woman's health status is to begin with? So um, part and parcel of um, functional medicine health coaching is we actually do uh, a session of discovery. What I love doing is we sit down with a client. It could be it 
you know, it could be 30 minutes. I never, I can never do anything in 30 minutes. It's always a 60 to 75 minute conversation. Um, in reality, anyone that's worked with me can tell you that. I say 30 minutes ends up being 60 and I'm like, oh, so sorry. Well, um, you do but... three sessions of 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> in a row. <laughs> yes. But the whole idea is to understand your entire timeline. Uh, what happened preconception? So what was their family history? Uh, are they, you know, when they were born, um, was, you know, was, was it a stressful pregnancy that their mother had? Uh, were they born vaginal or C-section? Were they breastfed, bottle fed? What was it like growing up? Did they have any, uh, you know, medical issues going up? Um, what was their environment, their habits like? Uh, and so on and so forth. And you're basically building this history book for somebody. When you actually table it out, and I encourage everyone here to actually try and do it for themselves, right? So, for example, you were very sick when you were kids, so maybe you had... Um, uh, colitis or you had um, uh, some form of uh, uh, meningitis at one stage and you kind of correlate symptoms and then you kind of uh, also look towards okay what was my environment did I did I move every year as a young child did I change schools all the time was I generally a happy kid or was I um, an unhappy teenager because uh, I experienced my parents getting divorced or I experienced some form of trauma. So you're building all that. Um, and then what you'll actually see is the status over the years um, of, your, of your health, right? And that already gives you a very good picture of um, maybe your physical, mental, emotional state today. Then you can take a approach of, okay, you know, uh, Going back to the last episode, um, let's test, right? You do the relevant testing with somebody who understands what to test for. So then you can look towards, okay, if a woman who is of menstruating age has symptoms of anxiety um, and inability to tolerate normal day-to-day -day stresses, um, who may have insomnia, who may have the beginnings of um, temperature changes right towards hot flushes, you could go, ooh, let's run a, you know, let's, let's look towards sex hormone testing and let's have a look at what their estrogen, progesterone, um, androgens, uh, adrenal output looks like. And more often than not, when I do run these things, I can actually correlate, um, you know, the, the results. Uh, to these things. But these are, like you said, you know, you just get the results, right? And you just kind of go, okay, these are your results. These are the findings. These are what I correlate to how you're feeling now. So when you then merge it with the health coaching piece, you need to look towards what are then the lifestyle interventions, dietary recommendations, the you know, the other things that I need to now do in order to change this. This is the hard bit. This is the difficult bit because it's going to depend a lot on the person that you're working with. You know, are they prepared to make a change? Where are they in the, in the stages of change? Are they ready to make a change? So if they are, how much change are they ready to make? Right? How much change are they able to make? 
So this then becomes a longer discussion when, when you get the findings. And, you, and, and, and this is where that historical timeline, that history book that I build for someone to understand them on paper as well is really, really useful because then I go, okay, well, if they said to me that they grew up as a stressed, anxious child and teenager, their history is just marked by stress anxiety. From a health coaching perspective, I, I know that I can work with them a little bit on you know, understanding um, breathing exercises. I can help with perhaps you know, in program design as a strength coach going, okay, right, when, you know, I would never use the terms, let's work to failure. We know that they need to walk out of session feeling uplifted, but I may actually need to refer back to my black book of allied health professionals and ask permission for the client to say, hey, there's, you know, the stress and anxiety is something that I can't completely work with you on because I'm not an, I'm not an expert. I'm not a psychotherapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a psychologist. Would you be willing to work with somebody on this? And that's where I then look towards referring out. If it's something that I can work with. So for example, if we, if they have had, um, let's call it loads of antibiotics growing up as a kid and their teens, right? And maybe they were also on a, a acne medication, Roaccutane, which can really wreck the gut. And they've just experienced something like 15 years of bloat, right? And abdominal pain and gas, particularly after eating food. And so then these are changes where I say, okay, right, these are more changes that I can work with. So we can look towards... Um, you know, doing a gut restoring protocol. We can look towards making sure that the food that they're choosing is almost closer towards being pre-digested. So instead of having raw vegetables all the time, maybe we cook the vegetables to break the bonds down so that it's easier for the person to digest or to stay away from foods that are, you know, really, um, really high in fat. So maybe they, they need fat, but they can't have too much fat at any one go. So we're looking at dosing um, their fat sources and sticking to good fat sources. So it really depends on um, the person, what's within my scope as a functional medicine health coach um, and my other qualifications. And then uh, the third thing is it's a relationship. It's a dance. It's a communication piece. You know, how do you feel about this? Can I brainstorm with you? what we can do to, you know, what are the little things that you can do to incorporate having smaller meals in your life? Is this even possible? It's not a hand-holding, it's not a dictatorship, we're not babysitting, it's a it's two-way communication. So this is where I think um, it's really difficult, it's really hard sometimes, because sometimes you may hit a wall, uh, the, whether it's, you know, myself, whether it's the person that I'm working with. And, and then it's about going, okay, let's do a 60 second brainstorm, right? And we're just throwing things at each other. And, I, and those are some of my fun, co more fun coaching sessions. It's like, okay, right, write down all the different ideas that you have to be able to, you know, get more um, sources of choline into your diet. For me, it's the fun part, but maybe for some people it's, it's difficult and it's, it's, you know, um, death-bashing head-worthy. I think what's interesting there is that you make it interesting. You make it fun. You make it engaging. You make it engaging in a way that it forces them to also get out of 
a mode where they feel like ah I'm not doing it right or I'm I'm a failure. You know, it's really easy to get into that negative mode of what's wrong with me? I'm not doing something right. Or maybe they shift the blame of like, did I make the wrong choice? You know, did I make the wrong choice uh, choosing this coach or whatever it may be? But once you get out of that mode of what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong, kind of similar to going the scarcity mindset as opposed to abundance mindset, and you start looking at, oh, let me look at it from a different angle. What can I add as opposed to subtract? It does something to the brain. And then we're not here to discuss neuroscience and neurotransmitter. But I think we're highlighting here how something like functional medicine, and, and it might sound like we're selling functional medicine, which in a way we are, but not really. No, and that's not it because I, I think it's a, it's that coach's approach, right? It's, it's, um, I see a lot of people who call themselves things like, uh, obviously there's the fitness trainer, personal trainer, but I also see accountability coach, for example. And, um, I think there's a time and place for that, obviously, but a lot of the times I find that those things that we're making our clients become accountable to, or that they holding, we're holding themselves to be accountable to, right? That whole compliance piece, it might not necessarily be something that works with their lifestyle. And that's why I feel, you know, it, it's more about personal coaching in general, as opposed to being any one thing, right? Accountability is great. It's a fantastic tool to have. Um, it's fantastic that someone does do that. But I think it sometimes can also go a little bit too far where, you, you know, you're, you're checking in on someone every day and going like, hey, have you taken your, have you taken your supplements? How many calories have you had today? What were your, what were your protein sources today? And it, can be overwhelming for the person because they're like, they might go into analysis paralysis about what they're, they're making decision on, right? It's a, uh, you know, it's sort of like tiger mom um, mindset, right? Have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done this? So really, it's around. Okay, well, if someone hasn't done it, right, then it's about coaching. Okay, why? Is it, is it because I've dictated in one way or the other? Is it because circumstances have changed? Is it because maybe? you know, this particular um, habit that we're trying to get towards, it just doesn't fit in with that person's lifestyle. Have we actually not looked at someone's character strengths, right? What they have used in the past to get them to be successful at the different aspects of their lives, right? Um, have we not even considered that person's identity? Because if you're able to get deeper there, um, I find that habits just kind of sometimes flow on and it becomes an easier conversation. So yeah, I, I, I don't think it's functional medicine per se. I think it's that coach approach versus an expert approach. So it's important for both coach and client to have that as kind of like a starting point. As you said, this has to be like a partnership. It's, this is a relationship. It's not a one-way street and if both start at a more aligned perspective at least you can look forward and understand each other's responsibility and role just a little better and just to manage expectations from each other as well wow i can't wait to dive more into the coach approach see you guys in the next one